here's the thing. I put together my list about it, and then this is a story in two parts. So this is <laughs> this is part one. So literally five minutes ago, as I'm turning on to Matt Street, it suddenly came to my mind that your podcast is called Ten to One, and I made a top five list. Oh, that's what we so did too. We're just doing five. You're okay. Oh, thank God. I- <laughs> <laughs> because when I sat down and Matt said, do you have your top five? <laughs> I said, this is part two of the story. I said, you know, their podcast is called 10 to 1. Okay. So I'm, I'm right now adding five to my list. Okay, so I can go back to my original because, five. Because six through 10 was going to be really rough. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the dictionary. <laughs> hey, well, that's kind of yeah. weird. Why are you only doing five if it's a 10 to 1 podcast? Well, it took us two and a half it was like two and a half hours last time, right, to do ten. So I figure we do oh, five. Dark. We and cut down to an hour. Ten from Cozers yeah. and change. ten from Sci-Fi Christian. There you go. Ten from each podcast. I mean, you've got to make the rules, and then you've got to break the rules. I, I'm That's my very rule. glad you broke the rules, because we're not used to top ten lists. We only do five. My, my idea was that Matt and I could just combine ours, which I guess is what we're kind of doing anyway. But Oh, yeah. yeah. So. Together, we will have 10. Yes. So are you guys Wait. each giving five? Well, maybe you can yeah. just tell us at the beginning. Yeah, we just have, we both have five. Yeah, and we have, uh, we have until 6.30. That's when Melissa has a hard stop. Yeah, our, so uh, we'll, our church yeah. is starting are, a ladies get together. Yes. So. All right. Let's get to it. Why don't you lead us off? Okay. Okay, before we get started, though, uh, Ben, how far along are you through Lord of Chaos? Like I'm halfway I'm through. Okay. Okay. When do you want me to be done with it by? I I will be ready two weeks from now. So, but I, I'm like last time I waited three months for Matt. So <laughs> don't feel like you have to rush. <laughs> I want to say. I can oh, I'm all about one upping Matt. It like it's echoing through your mic, Brian. It's not, I can't hear okay. her own mic. Okay. Let me let me make sure she's plugged in. All right. Is better? That any better. Is that better? Or, Can you hear me now? It, to me, doesn't or does it sound like to you like she's not in a mic? Like we're just hearing her through Brian's mic? It does. It sounds like she's far away. Oh. Hmm. It sounds fine for me. Uh, clap in front of the mic or something, and that doesn't help. Our mics are so close. Here's <laughs> a clap. All right. Well, we'll, we'll it sounds we'll good on my end. Maybe so. I just need to yell. So. It, it'll be fine. I, 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 we need it for our version. Well, we'll take their audio. <laughs> well. uh, never in another man's audio. <laughs> just uh, just plug her in, Brian. I can't believe you She's, don't plug it, in your It's wife. fine. There's, it's it's a powered mic. It's like, I don't need any external power. It just goes right into the mixer. It's fine. I think it. I think it's on your end. That doesn't make any sense wow. audio-wise, but... Sci-fi wow. Christian feud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a number of viewers with, without a feud. That would be only like All the right. fourth dumbest oh, feud. Yeah, for Lord of Chaos, I would be ready as soon as two weeks, but I don't mind waiting beyond that. Okay. Maybe. I've done all my prep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> what? Say, Melissa, I can't hear you. <laughs> I could probably be uh, done in two weeks. Okay. All right. So we tentatively plan. Tentatively. Uh, two weeks here. Yeah. Wikipedia page. No, I'll be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, well, let's 
let's go ahead and and get to the intro and we'll have you guys do the intro like we always do i know it's a struggle uh so which one of you wants to say the the title this time you said the title ben is it 10 to 1 or the, the five books no okay okay well <laughs> 10 to 1 episode 132 you got a pencil 10 to 1 episode 132 Books for people that don't read books. Let's We're doing this in one take. Gateway book recommendations. Right. No, no, no. 132? Yeah. You said that. 130? Okay. Oh, oh, oh. And we have, we, we do our audio live now. And, and I okay. think you'll be able to hear it. If not, just pretend like you can hear it. Okay. Okay. 10 to 1, episode 132. <laughs> books for people who don't read books. Well, I can't hear the music, so I assume you can't either. I also can't hear Melissa. Why? Well, I'm not saying anything. Okay, well, I guess I'm splicing in the music layer. Stupid <laughs> music. Oh, no. Whatever. I need a fifth item for my top five. I only wrote down four. <laughs> Hang on, everyone. No, just, just say that. Make it your number one. No, no, I, I don't have... Uh, I'll give your four, you and can't by take the time like, I get the one... You can't take, like, the okay. fifth uh, In Search of Lost Time by Proust, because right. I know yeah, you've got the first have, four for your... I, well, really, just the collected works altogether. That's great oh. for people who okay. read books. Uh, it's between that and Finnegan's Wake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you get so many jokes I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to Ten to One, the podcast where we make top ten lists about everything. I'm Brian Kozer, and I'm Melissa Kozer. And joining us are some friends from a previous episode, and we've yeah. referenced them often, and from another podcast. Yeah, that too. Maybe. Ben and Matt from the Sci-Fi Christian. Hello, guys. Oh, welcome back, guys. Hello, and thank you for having us back here on the 10 to 1 podcast. It's great to be back. Yeah, we didn't want to scare you off, so just top five lists this time. But uh, That's actually good. We were just sharing the story that we both forgot that that your podcast was called 10 to 1 and only did top five lists. So we were relieved when that turned out to be the plan. Yes, yes. In In all of my texts... I said five. Well, so okay. I, I know you Let's just talk about that for a second. How how closely do you read text? Because I don't read text very closely. It depends on who sends them, I guess. Oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Um. So. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say I was looking at our at our statistics and uh, the last episode that we did with you guys. Is our most downloaded episode. So, really? Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. Now we well, did. That was, so, I ha- that we was have a. F- 60s or pre 1960s. Yes. Yeah. Movies pre 1960s. And it was it was featured on our front page because we have a, a featured episode. So, maybe it was just people clicking on what was on the front page. Well, and also, hmm. I think we got the SFC bump. There you go. Correct. We'll, we'll say it was you guys. And uh, I think. It- I definitely was. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Uh, exactly. That's what I meant to say. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's good to have you back in. We're going to do uh, books for people who don't read books. 
Melissa was calling it gateway book recommendations, which is definitely part of it. So like books to get people interested in reading, like a gateway drug, you kind of slide it in and and they're they're now interested in it. Um, I was also thinking of, um, uh, I mean, I guess accessible as part of that and, and kind of broad appeal. Um, and I was also trying to think of things that would be um, maybe something different than you would get in other mediums. Um, those are kind of some of the things I was thinking about. Um, so what, what uh, Melissa, what, what were you thinking about when you made this list? I just wanted an enjoyable read. Uh, I think most people, if they're not reading... Uh, okay, so usually when they say that they don't read a book, they mean they don't read anything fiction. So they'll read the newspaper or the news or whatever, you know. Facebook. Yeah, what what have you. And so uh, I want them to experience the joys of being transported to a whole another world or dimension. And so mine are all fiction, and um, I feel that they're they're easy reading, but that doesn't diminish from their appeal. Okay. Yeah, the criteria question is kind of interesting because, on the one hand, like I, I spent a lot of time thinking about the criteria far more than I did picking out the books because <laughs> it's actually tricky. Because on the one hand, you think, well. You know, something like a a one of those easy reading airport beach books type of things. You know, mm-hmm. a mass market paperback, James Patterson, John Grisham. But the problem with those, and you guys know this because you just read the Dan Brown book for <laughs> 372 pages, yeah. is that on the one hand, those are really easy to read, that type of book. But on the other hand, I don't see anything, like if I wasn't a reader... There's nothing there that would appeal to me where I, w- I wouldn't say, well, I'll just go watch a movie instead. Right. And, and basically get the same thing. So it's kind of aiming for that sweet spot of something that is accessible and easy to read, but yet also isn't just, well, I could just go watch a movie. Because I think the, the target market for like a Dan Brown book are people who enjoy reading they don't want to read anything complex or at least not at that moment, but they still enjoy reading. And that's it. So it's almost like watching a movie for those people. And we're talking about a completely different audience. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also like people feel like they should read. Like there's, I think people still kind of think of reading as like a good hobby or like a, maybe like eating your vegetables. It's something good that they should do. And so, um, I'm I'm actually not sure where I was going with that, but no, but they're, they're thought, not going to do it because they so, want to. Yes, like yeah, because they want to. I I thought of some criteria, not criteria, some categories. I'm not really going to go into too much more mm-hmm. later in the show, so I'm going to knock it out right now. But I thought if you are really trying to get somebody to check out books, two genres of books. No, that's not right. Two categories of types of books. You could do comic books, graphic novels. That could be easy reading type stuff, or mm-hmm. audiobooks to kind of you know, get going in, uh, and like Melissa was saying, I like fiction reading that probably works better for. Um, so I, I think for my list, I'm going to take a look over it. I do have exclusively fiction books on my list. Ben, I, I have two nonfiction books. So let me stand up for the nonfiction <laughs> side of this, because I think there are people who just, they don't like to read and they don't like reading fiction, but it's also, you know, I thought of it as a joke, pulling some technical computer book, <laughs> 
like understanding SQL Server 2019, I think is one I have on my shelf. Uh, and I thought of putting that on there as a joke, but I, I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> so it was a little funny, but was, not super was, funny. Exactly. Yeah. Funny so, enough to mention, but not funny, funny enough to make the joke. Yeah. Correct. Oh, I also I should say this. Can I, I make my my point about nonfiction? <laughs> without, I didn't finish making it. I, think I didn't make it at all. So the rest of the point about nonfiction is that I'm looking for something like I think people who read nonfiction maybe read technical stuff or magazines or stuff, but look for the nonfiction book that would grab them and give them the experience a reader would would have. When I was starting now, to go now through, you can go thank ahead. you. When I was starting to go through my list of books that I may want to use, I was finding that some of them were part of a uh, series, maybe a trilogy or maybe more. And I was thinking that might not be the best if they don't like to read. You don't want to intimidate them with. Oh, I put the are, whole wheel of time. That are part of a series. <laughs> but yeah. I will say that I may have an appearance uh, by some books on here that are part of a series, but really you can read this one book and you're fine. You don't have to read anything else. Uh, Hardy Boys number eighty seven. <laughs> Did you ever read the, the boxcar children oh, yeah. as a kid? Yeah. Yep. Just wanted to bring it up. <laughs> I, that, I, also, I also was thinking of what kind of books that I... Because when I think of when did I start reading a lot for fun, I mean, I remember reading books for fun in early elementary, but really fourth and fifth grade is where I feel like that's mm-hmm. where I really start to get... So on the boxcar, did they live in a boxcar? I don't remember. Or were they rescued from a boxcar? Maybe both. Were they orphans? They yep. were definitely orphans. So the whole series takes place in the on train. A train. No, I think <laughs> that was like their home, right? It's an unhooked box car. Yeah, it's in there, like a junkyard or something. And it, junkyard. They, I think they live there for the first book, and then they get adopted by a millionaire, and then he like puts the box car in his backyard for all the rest of the books. Oh, uh, really? Kind of a cop out. It's so like, really the, it's it's gearing yeah. up to be sort of a. A difficult look at the dark side of of being poor in America, and instead <laughs> just just becomes like, here's your solution. Or so you pick it up as an orphan, and you're like, this will help me figure out how to live my life effectively. Step one: get adopted by a millionaire. No, it's <laughs> a, a commentary. Crash. It's a commentary on how the rich are just trying to do things that make themselves look good, like adopting children, but then they still make the children live in a boxcar. In their backyard. They still live in the box. I don't car? think so. I think <laughs> I think it's like a clubhouse at that point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they made him live in a clubhouse. That's even worse. But maybe he put like heating in there. Yeah, like you know right now tiny houses are really popular. Exactly. It's like the first tiny house. <laughs> first tiny house. <laughs> Do you think like they, they like what was the idea there? Because I, I imagine for most homeless people when they get homes, they're like, Man, I, I wish I had my box here with me. <laughs> And so like, like, they, they walk under onto the boxcar. They're like, remember when that was the pee corner? And they're all looking at each other and, and trying, you know, it just doesn't seem like it would be the best memory. So I am with Melissa on this one. Ryan, you need to take control of this episode. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So. so what, we're doing top five boxcars. I thought, I also, th- <laughs> I also thought of doing nonfiction. I, and I really did look for some nonfiction. So I'm interested to see what what Ben came up with, but I didn't find anything that was um, uh, of general interest, I guess. I tend to read more um, uh, weird, I guess, nonfiction. Um, so so I'm, I'm interested. Can I ask you a question? I have, I have my listeners on the six. One of mine just feels like so typical to be mentioned on a, uh, not just like a, 
a book podcast in general, but a, a Christian book podcast. Am I allowed to say Narnia, or should I disqualify that and move on to it's one of my other list. choices? Yeah, you I mean, can say Narnia. Say your list, and then we rip you to shreds. Let me let it. me just kick it off then. <laughs> well, I don't think they said you could go first, Brian. Do you mind if I just do number five? Uh, e- yes. Yeah, go ahead. Does, yeah, one of the very first things I really got into when it came to reading was the Chronicles of Narnia, <laughs> and um. <laughs> I don't know what it just it's a, a captivating fiction read, although I would say it's probably aimed at a younger audience or somebody who doesn't read books. Why would you assume it's aimed at somebody who doesn't read books? <laughs> because I put it on my list for people that uh, don't read. I, I, I feel like you need a justification, not just well, I think I'm really leaning into Sam I am has relatively few words, so I'm leaning heavy into the fact that I, I do think even though they're enjoyable for adults, they are aimed at a younger audience. But the list is people who, so like adults who don't read books. I'm assuming it's adults who don't read books. Brian, is that what you're thinking? Adults who don't read books? I mean, I was kind of thinking this as, uh, so we did an episode a couple years ago, Reasons to Read Books, where we tried to really pitch people into into reading more. And so I'm kind of picturing somebody that listens to that, or like I was talking about before, people that think, I should read, it's good for me, and it's something I'm interested in doing, uh, but I don't know where to get started. And so like, here's a pile of books that you would hand to a friend that that says they're interested in reading i love narnia don't get me wrong i just finished reading it to charles a few nights ago but nice i feel like your first choice is aimed at children who do read books (laughs) not adults who don't i guess what made me think of it is when i think of where to really get started reading heavily it was with narnia however i was in fifth grade fair enough Mm -hmm. all right next that's not bad all right, well, my number five actually uh, was going to be... Chronicles of Narnia was the very first book that I put on this list, uh, or the book series. But I took it off, first of all, because it's a series. And second of all, because uh, <laughs> a lot of people would think... You know, and I don't want people to have to commit to a whole series um, if they don't like it for whatever dumb reason. I can't imagine anybody not liking Narnia. But anyway, also... Um, People might think, well, isn't this a children's series? And so usually if you're, if we're trying to get you to read, it's probably you're an adult already. Um, and so I, yeah. I put more adult grown up books. <laughs> and so my number five is Harry Potter. No. <laughs> Although I did consider those because they are, again, uh, easy reading, but I took it off for the same reasons as Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, I know you hate Harry Potter, uh, Ben, but I've been going through it for the first time these, these last few months, and, uh, they have their good points. I hate what it's become. Okay. I I, I can live with that. It's just little Harry with his... Melissa, you know, I just read them for the first time, like, years ago. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going through them for the first time, too. Yeah, I love that experience. I'm uh, I'm listening to the audiobook and it's a, it's a really good narrator. Anyway, so my number five is "And Then There Were None" by Agatha Christie, and so oh, it's that's... a story about well, it's it's a mystery, and these ten people get invited to this island, and then uh, slowly they do- start disappearing one by one. They've all there's this rhyme that they keep seeing. and uh, and it describes how each of them is going to disappear and die. And, uh, and it, and nobody knows who's killing them off. And, uh, and it's a terrific mystery. I'm, 
It might be the only Agatha Christie I've ever read. Uh, but it's so good. And uh, you just will not see any any twist coming. I love And Then There Were None. I read it for the first time about a year ago. And you're absolutely correct. It is fantastic. And I think it does kind of hit that sweet spot for people because um, there's so many uh, Agatha Christie, you know, the, the uh, Puro series, Miss Marvel, all of that, where people can get into if they want to go further. Uh, but there's no series obligation with that book. Yep. Yeah, that is a really great Except choice. Kind of a sorted history with its title. But that's a different topic. For a different. <laughs> that's more for your uncensored podcast. I well, I don't. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll <laughs> or not. I'll read even that. <laughs> okay. We, I mean, there's nothing uncensored in the book. Right. It was a different it, era. It, it was a different era, and uh, yeah, how about that? All right, should I go? I think I should. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So my number five is Slaughterhouse Five by Kurt Vonnegut. I think what I looked for here is uh, a couple of things with Kurt Vonnegut. Number one, I think you could choose just about any of his books, but Slaughterhouse Five is is one of the more popular. I think that he is an author that people who don't read books do tend to get drawn to. They're shorter. Uh, they're not terribly difficult to read, but you also kind of feel smart while reading them. And I think that's that part of the challenge for people who don't like to read is they don't want to sit there and have to puzzle something out. But they also don't want to feel like, well, if I pick up a book, the only books I'm going to pick up are, you know, see spot run. And there's something about Kurt Vonnegut where you when you read it, you feel like you're on the inside of an inside joke. And I think that that's sort of a meta level experience for what why so many of us are attracted to books is that there's something we get that maybe everyone else doesn't get. Uh, through the experience of reading and and when you look at stuff that can't be replicated in terms of a movie adaptation i know there have been movie adaptations of kurt vonnegut but you just can't you can't capture what he did with his writing in film uh there's something so witty about it so clever about it uh and it's the experience of reading it uh, i think that uh, it's certainly not for everybody but it, if you find the right non-reader, uh, they could become a lifetime book lover based on Kurt Vonnegut alone. Get this. This is on my list. I'll, I'll replace it, though. But this, the, I have, so I'll put something else on the Slaughterhouse Five is one of my favorite books. And, and I nailed it. Do you want right? to have five? Yeah. That's oh, a non-social rats. distancing. Oh, I got to get, get some hand sanitizer. <laughs> I'll be right back, Ryan. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think that's a good choice. I just don't like Kurt Vonnegut, so I, I never would have put it. But but I'm glad. Uh, I, but I respect. What's that? There, his novel Breakfast of Champions, I listened to on audiobook, hmm. and it was read by Jan, John Malkovich. And there's little illustrations in the book. <laughs> so in the audiobook, John Malkovich would describe the illustrations and so kurt vonnegut would be like and on the next page you'll see a picture of a cat and then you'd hear john malkovich and indeed there is a picture <laughs> of a cat and it was like this weird it was so weird Wait, and what, it, what it, book is that? It, it's breakfast of champions okay. and it was so good it's like i didn't i'd read a couple kurt vonnegut 
like Slaughter, including Slaughterhouse Five, and didn't entirely get it before then. But something about hearing John Malkovich describe Kurt Vonnegut's illustrations just broke through whatever barrier there was in my head, and I've since gone back and reread Slaughterhouse Five, and I'm a huge fan now. Hmm. So give that okay. a try, Brian. It, it's if even if you don't like the book, just listening listening to John Malkovich do that is worth your time. Okay, that does sound pretty good. And yeah, I don't, I, I can't give you a reason that that uh, Kurt Vonnegut didn't click for me. I did, I didn't really care for it. But that sounds you like something worth John checking John Malkovich dulcet tones yet. So. <laughs> oh, it's true. Nice. Okay. Uh, so for me, uh, uh, so you guys, you guys kind of had a crossover there. Uh, not quite a crossover for me and Melissa, but close. I considered and then there were none. That would be my second choice for Agatha Christie, uh, who I did think should be on this list. Um, best-selling author of all time um, and uh, very high consistency and quality in her books. And there's something that, that people really like. Um, and uh, I, I picked uh, Murder on the Orient Express, um, which I really like as a sort of... Um, a very good example of of the mysteries that she wrote, um, and then there were, not, were none. Is also one of her best, um, but this one is um, uh, you've got the 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 number of um, of unique characters again all thrown together, and they're trapped in a in a um, secluded location. In this case, a train, and uh, you have our like children. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's a very, it's almost a very by the numbers uh, book of uh, first the uh, Poirot talks to this suspect, and then the next chapter is he talks to suspect number two, and then the next chapter is he talks to suspect number three, and then he get you get through all of those, and then there's um, and then he goes and talks to everybody again, and then at the very end there's the the denouement where he reveals uh, who the who the killer is. And so it's a it's sort of the prototype I think for for her novels and if you um you'll get a very good idea of of the kind of stories that she wrote and then um of course riffed on it 80 times and and did a bunch of different things with it. I'm going to ask you a quick question. I've never read Agatha Christie. Yeah. And I see I just got Murder on the Orient Express. I see it's book 10 in a series. Do these yeah. have to be read in in that order? No, that's a good point. Uh so I would I would read um, I, I would say no no not at all. There's the very last Poirot book that she wrote, and maybe the first one. Um, yeah, Styles is a good introduction to the character. Yeah, What's it called. I'll agree with that. The affair at Styles, mysterious affair at Styles. So uh, that's a good. I I agree with that, but uh, and I wouldn't read Curtain. That's the last one with that character. I wouldn't read that one first, but otherwise I would just. I'd just pick any of them um, or or pick the one that I said to to read. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's there's no um, it's not a continuation. It's just the same character. It's like Sherlock Holmes. You could pick up any Sherlock Holmes at, at any point, except for, you know, one or two that are, um, you know, you wouldn't pick up the uh, when he's returning from his supposed death as your first one, maybe. Man, way to spoil that. Wow, yeah. (laughs) Sherlock Holmes spoilers. Diving into number four on my list. Number four on my list. Oh, wait, Matt. You you actually didn't give 
a specific book for your number five. You're going to have I to did. say which Chronicles of Narnia book. Uh, well, I'll just start with the first one, which would be The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. Good job. Good job. And there is controversy about which one is the first one. Oh, you I, answered I, I, a publishing order. Yeah, I like publishing I order. Agree. Okay, I uh, also so agree. Melissa, do you I agree? I agree now. <laughs> I used to feel I'm, I'm a very chronological person as far as when things occur in-universe. But after we read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe this year to our daughter's I decided no. This really one is really is the one that you got to start with. She's on board. Well, and magician's nephew, magician's nephew is better because of, or if you know what happens in Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, agree. All right, number four. Yes, number four. Me, the reason. That's my number four. What? What? What'd you say, Melissa Closer? We we were just having a little bit of a. Technical glitch on our side. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> uh, the reason I choose this is because it's actually a book that does have a through-line story, but it's made up of a bunch of uh, short stories that Bradbury put together with a similar theme uh, being Martians. Mars. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. yeah, the planet Mars. So, uh, yeah, I think this would be a great place to start because you got a great author. you got a bunch of great little short stories. So, if you just want to do a little bit at a time, that's not too bad. And then by the end... Whoa, I just read the whole Martian Chronicles. And who doesn't love Mars? Exactly. I love the Martian Chronicles. I think Rad, Ray Bra- Rad Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. <laughs> He's pretty rad. He's <laughs> a great choice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this is my number four, actually. So. My goodness. And you don't wow. have to uh, You don't have to sanitize after that high five. I, I, I'll be honest. I've been kind of safe about the coronavirus, and I do feel <laughs> like weird about my hand right now because we high five. It, it's time to get over it. You're as long as die. you don't rub your nose, you're okay with that I, hand. I can't control myself. What if I just accidentally <laughs> hit my nose? You're right. Do it anyway. I, I don't. You know, the best thing for you would be to go inject yourself with the coronavirus and get it over with. Are you guys being <laughs> safe there in Alabama? Yeah, we're being pretty safe. Uh, I mean, we we wear our masks at church. Wear the masks at the grocery store. We still have family over, so I think yeah. we're yeah. we're doing pretty well. I, also I have family over and Ben. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's family. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, at what point do we become family? We've been podcasting together for well, almost ten years, friends for eleven. I don't think it works like that. It doesn't. No. All right, number four for Melissa. All right, my number four is a book uh, that I just read this year. It was my first Ursula K. Le Guin, and it's The Lathe of Heaven. I love Ursula K. Le Guin. Matt's giving her a thumbs down because he's un. <laughs> well, she just, has some weird just, stuff. I've only read two, and this, the other one that I read of hers, uh, I forget what it's called, uh, it was, but it's about the, the planet Winter. Yeah, um, and... That one, it had some weird parts and it was a little slow. Matt, you should check out The Lathe of Heaven. This one's really good. It's about a man who can change reality when he's sleeping. And so he goes to a psychiatrist to try and help him to control what happens in the dream or maybe stop dreaming uh, so effectively. Uh, because, you know, you, you dream all sorts of crazy stuff in your dreams and you might wake up and, uh, you know, reality's got pink poodles flying through the air or something like that now. And people just accept it as that's the normal way of life. And only you know what's different. 
So uh, it's it's a fascinating book. So interesting. I've never been into psychiatry, but this one, <laughs> this one will get you interested in it. Okay, I'll put it on my to read list. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I think you'd like that one. I, I love her. I haven't read that one, but I love her. So okay, you want to, you know, I challenge you to read The Lathe of Heaven. I think I have it on Audible. I just haven't listened to it yet. All right, yeah, and it's a, it's a really short commitment, too. I think it's like just yeah. an eight-hour listen. Easy. All right. Let's Good do pick. It. Ben, number four. My number four for me is probably one of the heavier books on, on this list. Uh, it's my first nonfiction one, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, which is uh, half of his... It's a very short book, and half of it is recounting his time in a concentration camp, and the other half is talking about um, the philosophy he uh, w- drew from that experience on on the importance of meaning in the human life. And I think it, it's a good one on here because it is short, it is readable, it's instantly absorbing, it begins with the narrative uh, section. And I think it's the type of, of book, when you talk about nonfiction, where – Maybe somebody who isn't drawn to fiction, though, fiction's a waste of time, whatever. This is the type of book that that non-reader is going to be to pick up and just be blown away by. Uh, I think it's one of the books that I would say everybody should read. Um, it's not an exaggeration to call it life-changing. Uh, it absolutely is. It's one of the most powerful books I've ever read, but also extremely accessible. So for your fiction haters out there, uh, man's search for meaning. Well, that sounds really good. I mean, it sounds okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, Brian, we both ever. liked watching. Uh, uh, I I'm blanking on the name now. Schindler's List. Oh yeah. Right. So my number four was uh, Martian Chronicles, as Matt already said. And yeah, I wanted a short story collection. I think that's good for uh, uh, for somebody just starting out. And this is, like Matt said, close to that. And um, yeah, I just really love Ray Bradbury. I think he's a good good balance between um, really accessible and approachable and um, someone who had um, some deep thoughts and some some um, good reflections on on humanity. So, uh, and this one, I mean, it has, uh, it's funny and it has some sad parts and some, uh, scary parts and, um, so great choice. Good choice, Matt. Good choice, Brian. Good job, Brian. Thanks. I agree. Great choice. All right, everybody. Why are, why are you hosting this episode? This is <laughs> on our podcast. Oh, I, I just, I'm so used to being the, the, the hoster. Right. <laughs> I'm fine. I just, I'm fine with that. <laughs> uh, I'm, well, I'm trying to move things along also because I know that our friends have All a time right, limit well, that we don't then, then stop we'd... defending yourself right. just accept the accusation and move it along <laughs> uh, I'm torn between which one to put uh, for three and two so I'm just going to dive into this one The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book one only and this is the perfect <laughs> example of what I was saying earlier this is a series that is just horrible after book one I mean progressively horrible Progressively horrible. Uh, and the, but the first one Five stars, just great. You can definitely read the first one, never read another word of the series, and you're fine. Although, in a sense, the first one ends in a way where you feel like something's going to be happening that's continuing the story. It doesn't. It just they, <laughs> He just changes his mind and has a bunch of random books. But the first book, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I love. And it's, it's probably 
Hmm, let me think about this. Do I want to say it's the funniest book I've ever read? I kind of do want to say that. Is it actually? I don't know. You can say it. <laughs> I think I'm just going to say it, but it might not be true. But this is the funniest book I've ever read. Wow. Well, yeah. Matt, that's nice. funny. I'm going to have to disagree with you on all counts there. So, first of all, it's not the funniest book I've ever read. I thought it was mildly amusing. Uh, second of all, uh, usually I like books like this where it's a bunch of random things happening and then it all gets tied together at the end and, uh, you know, it all comes full circle and some of my favorite books are like that. Howl's Moving Castle, Archer's Goon. Uh, I didn't put them on this list because that might be hard for some, for, for non-readers to get into, you know, all these random things happening and then you tie them together at the end. And that is, that is, I think, a definite mark against Hitchhiker's Guide. I feel like it's just too random a lot of the time. I have yeah, a question. I, I, as a dedicated reader, as a teenager, the first time I tried to read this book as a teenager, had a difficult time with it for that very reason. Wow. Interesting. Melissa, I have a question. You said you, you disagree on all accounts. Do you disagree that it gets worse with the latter books? Oh, I haven't read the others. I've only read Hitchhiker's. And okay. I was, I liked it, but I wasn't blown away like Brian was. And so I felt, well, if I'm not blown away, why continue reading the series? You yeah, made the right choice. Yeah. I, I have some different thoughts, but I need to go for 30 seconds. So vamp. Did right. he, when he said go, do you think he meant? No, toilet? he means that our children are needing attention. So we're trying to. This is a perfect to... opportunity for me to get hand sanitizer. Will you vamp? Our you children are You're venting. Fine. Oh, uh, well, you, you think you're going to die because we did a high five? I have to tell you something. I have something really great I can share with you on the air. Okay. Actually, should I share this on the air? I, I don't I, know. I guess it's fine. I don't know what it is. Just hold on. Something that's finished. Clean my hands with this hand sanitizer. Can you hear it through the yeah. headphones? Man. Are I, you going to get your, your, your body suit so we can go to Tenet next week? Well, should we talk about that right now? Is this a good time? Let's talk about it on the news. Okay. Uh, I have a, a close family member. I'm just going to say it. My mom got oh dear COVID nineteen. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, so all your jokes aren't so funny now, are they? <laughs> They're so funny about you. They're so funny about you. You you have no risk. My mom is a nurse. I don't know if you know. My mom is a nurse. Yeah, and she works at a nursing home. Right. She got it at the nursing home. That's not good. Uh, so bad news. So I'm kind of down about it. Well, I'm sure she'll be okay. Thank you. When Thank did she find out? Uh, she just called me last week. She doing okay? So far, so good. Hey, Brian, are you back? So, are you, so does that mean you're not doing the mom swap episode quite yet? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we're even able to. Wow. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. I said yet. <laughs> <laughs> like, because she'll be out for a week and then she'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. She's gonna be fine because this thing sanitizer. has a 99.9. You know that using hand sanitizer. I want to do it for Brian though, so he can see. <laughs> actually, makes the bad germs are the ones that survive. Oh really? What, yeah. Where did you get that science? Go look it up. 99.9 percent <laughs> right of the germs get killed. It's the weak germs that get killed, and then only the strong survive. So if I gave you COVID. I guarantee you it just outlasted your hand sanitizer. So you think I should do it again? Yeah, for sure. 
Go, who, whose turn is it? Okay, it's, yeah. So. Uh, no, it's, uh, Melissa's turn to do number three. Well, Brian was going to comment her on your choice. Yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So I read it in high school, and I I was blown away. This is one of the most, uh, like, I got to the end of the book, and maybe one of the most exhilarating books, and agree with Matt. It was on my short list. Very funny. Um, I didn't drugs in high school, though, so maybe that's why I didn't get it. You didn't what in high school? He said he didn't do. He said he didn't do drugs. But. <laughs> okay, see, I like it. So you're agreeing with Matt, but I sent you about to say, but, but, oh boy, and I was in high school. Well, I really liked the first four books, and I thought the fifth one was pretty bad. Um, but I was also reading The Sword of Truth at time and thought that was pretty good. So, oh, yeah, I can't. Yeah, I was reading that in high school too. Yeah, so I can't really so speak for my quality. I haven't. I, I have to go back and read those at some point. The, the other ones. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll read. I'll reread all of them and let you know. Okay. I am interested in your thoughts. All right, Melissa, number three. All right, Melissa had to step away for a minute. So Ben, you're number three. My number three is Stardust by Neil Gaiman. Wow! So, I can't believe this is another one of my runner-ups. Oh I mean, my. I, nice. I, when I tell a. A different can book. I can I talk about the book? <laughs> when I have a different book to talk <laughs> can about, I talk about the book. Oh man, I can't believe it's my Stardust. choice. All right, go ahead. So, so I, I love Stardust. So do I. That's why I put it on the, the list. I wanted to put something from Neil Gaiman on because I think he is kind of in that sweet spot of authors who, yeah, there's some adaptations of his work, uh, but it, you really to get Neil Gaiman, you have to get his writing. So that's a big part of it, but that's most accessible novel uh i think ocean at the end of the lane is a little bit shorter but maybe a little bit more esoteric a little bit harder to, to picture uh neverwhere is another one i considered but this is so whimsical and it's like reading an adult fairy tale so it's perfect i love it also yeah i i considered this it's on my runners up list i love neil gaiman great choice ben thank you i agree I, I've only seen the movie, as has Melissa, um, so I can't say for the book, but Neil Gaiman is a good choice. All right, Brian, number three. All right, my number three is the one I put on instead of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, Terry Pratchett is is also a very similar uh, writer, and um, so I wanted something that was going to be funny. Um, it It is fantasy, but um, especially in his later books, lightly fantasy and more of an excuse to uh, be silly and and um, as opposed to like a an actual um, uh, deep world building or something that's more more common with with sci-fi and fantasy now um, the one I picked was going postal uh, which oh, the funniest yeah very funny um, also some of the most touching parts I thought um, some really, uh, some of the best characters are in this one, and um, if you haven't read uh, Terry Pratchett, I would start here. Uh, this is another series where, I mean, there's 30 books in the series. Uh, to some degree, you're better off reading some somewhat chronologically, but I would, I also wouldn't worry about that too much with this one. Um, pick up Going Postal, and if you like that, you could check out some of his others. Um, but this one is going to be um, uh, funny, but then there's also that layer of 
Um, he's he's lampooning something in this case, uh, the internet and and um, early internet culture, and then um, he's also got social commentary um, because he had strong thoughts on on things and uh, always um, always wrote with a twinkle in his eye. I think so. Uh, uh, you've read this one, Ben. Matt, have you read any uh, Terry Pratchett? I actually have not read a single Terry Pratchett book unless. Wait, is this the guy that did something? Did he do Good Omens? With, he did do Good yes. Omens. I, did good, I read Good Omens, but that featured Neil Gaiman, and I mm-hmm. primarily read it for Neil Gaiman. Sure, sure. Uh, yes. I like this better than Good Omens. I agree. Yeah, you think I should check out a Terry Pratchett book? Is this the one, Going Bothel? Might as well. Yeah, which one would you pick, Ben? Oh, this one is the one I remember being the funniest. Um the, the one problem I have with his books is they are a little bit long. They're a little too long, I think, for, for the comedy type thing he's doing. But I always like the Rincewind ones. Uh, Color of Magic's the first one is pretty great. I like all the death ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mort was one of my favorites. Yep, that's uh, good. Uh, I'm just looking. Hogfather is one of my favorites. Um, there's kind of series within series. Sure. Um and some like uh, Going Postals is largely standalone, though I think there is a, a couple sequels to it Yeah. Uh, with Moist Bond Lipwig. Uh, <laughs> but you can't go wrong starting with that one. But otherwise, you just kind of try out a few of the, the early ones with his Death series or Witches series and see which ones kind of your fans. I would to move on to next number two or should we wait for Melissa? Melissa's back. She's ready with her number three. All right, my number, number three, three, Melissa. Yeah, my number three is uh, by the author of uh, some of our favorite Twilight Zone episodes. It's I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. So I love this. Yes, this is such a great book. So uh, to uh, non-readers, this is a, a story at first glance about vampires. But it's not really so much about vampires as it is about a man who thinks he might be the last alive human being and uh, dealing with, you know, how do you do, what do you do in such a case? Do you keep on trying to exist, trying to live? Uh, do you try and find a cure for humanity? Do you just give up? You know, what do you do when not just everybody around you, but even your own family? has become vampires and so on and it's uh it's such a good book yeah and i think that you know a lot of people have seen the movie and so it's maybe a good gateway there because in this case even though there are three different adaptations of it none of them are even remotely accurate no no i know omega man omega man i am uh, legend both will smith and what's the other one i feel like the other one was also called i am legend okay I could be wrong, but there's been three adaptations. Richard Matheson, before he died, had a great quote where he he said, I don't know why they keep making movies of my book when none of them are interested in actually adapting it. Uh, The Will Smith one is probably the closest, uh, but none of them even come close to at least like the and I don't want to give anything away, but the whole title itself has a very specific meaning. And I don't think any of them even remotely get that. So it's a good. Oh, I saw the Will Smith movie. Well, you should read the book. 
because it's it's, it's nothing like it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think this has it's one of my favorite book endings. It's one of those that when you get I to the end, it. you're like, I just want to read the whole book all over again. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's it completely blows your mind. You put the book down, and it's one of the, it's not like a big twist at the end either. It sort of just gradually happens. And then you realize what has happened at the end. It's such a seamless ending. You see how the whole book yeah. has been building to this, but you didn't see it coming till it actually happened. Oh, I love it. Brian, have you read this one? Yep, yep. It was on my short list. I put uh, Martian Chronicles as, as this sort of, uh, at this spot, I guess. But I, I do really like this one. That's a good pick. I have not read it, but... You guys are selling me on it. I'll check it out. Nice. All right, so we're on Matt's number two now, I believe. Matt, go. Number two. All right, everybody. I am going to choose a book that had been recommended to me many times. I think when I read it, I believe Ben was actually one of the people that read the, or recommended this to me. Uh, I had heard of it, but was it going to be as good as the hype? The book is Ender's Game. Now, again, this is part of a series, but you can read just this one book and you're fine. Ender's Game. Love it. Five stars. Sci-fi fun. I feel like uh, people of all ages could enjoy it. Adults and young adults alike. Teenagers, maybe even. See, I picked this up as a teenager, young adult, and did not approve of it. But then my standards (laughs) were a lot stricter at the time. Uh, So, like, anything with profanity in it, I wouldn't read. Uh, so I, I'd be willing to give it another shot. Is now there a profanity a, in it? There's some profanity in it. Uh-oh. I just had my 11-year-old daughter read it. Did she like it? Yeah. Does she Has she started using any profanity? I was wondering why it's after <laughs> this. <laughs> I, you know I thought it was me, but I guess it's Ender's game. Nothing you wouldn't hear from a sci-fi Christian uncensored episode. Exactly. So. <laughs> and I know she's listening to that. Yeah. Uh, number two for me. What did I have as number two? Oh, my other nonfiction book, uh, which is Devil in the White City. So Devil in the White City uh, about the Chicago World's Fair and the H.H. Uh, H. Holmes killing. Uh, nonfiction, but reads like a novel. Um, and so it kind of has that right mix of for people who like nonfiction, and if that's the hook to get somebody to start reading books, they like the details, they like not feeling like they're just in a in a novel, but there's also enough novelistic uh, type events happening to really keep the pages turning and keep things moving. It's a little bit long for my criteria here, so that would be the one big mark against it, but I think I could see it as the type of book where somebody who uh, really – it's the mix of the sort of pulpy elements with the H.H. H. Holmes stuff and the fascinating history uh, with the Columbian expedition coming together. There's really nothing quite like it. Nice. I have not read uh, either of his books. Um, have you read Thunderstruck? I think it's his other one. I have not. That one's on my shelf. Um, and that one's also supposed to be like a, a the same kind of thing, nonfiction historical thriller um so it sounds really good i will check it out okay i think we skipped melissa melissa yeah melissa number two 
So my number two has already been mentioned by Brian, I think. Uh, it's Going Postal. Yes, nice. Matt, if you're going to read one Discworld book, one Terry Pratchett book, this is the one to, to read. My other one, uh, it was kind of between this one and The Truth. Uh, and I, I decided this one's just a little bit funnier. Uh, but... But they're both equally good, and they're great standalone books. If you don't want to commit to a whole uh, universe of books, so my number two is "Going Postal" by Terry Pratchett. Oh, did I go out of order? Yeah. No, we switched order. Yeah, we kind of switched it up. Okay, the last time through, so that's all right. Uh, so for me, I was all. Uh, I mentioned I was, I was looking for nonfiction and couldn't uh, come up with a good one. Um, so this is my cheat, kind of, and I'm I'm not really happy with it necessarily. So maybe you guys can can uh, talk me into it or talk me out of it. Um, but it's uh, The Terror by Dan Simmons. Um, so, you know, it's going to be longer. Uh, it's going to be uh, more challenging. This may be a step up from from the first three that I mentioned. Um, but, uh, uh, very well researched, very grounded in reality. Um, of course, then you do have, uh, some fantastical things going on. Um, but it's in the main about, um, about people struggling against the elements, man versus nature. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's Dan Simmons. So you've got a lot of, of literary things going on. Um, I guess I wouldn't give it to uh, uh, a Chronicles of Narnia uh, reader right off the bat, <laughs> but but <laughs> but uh, I think. What are you saying? <laughs> Just say what you mean. <laughs> it's, um, you know, I can kind of back you up though, Brian, because my first reaction when you said that is way too complicated. But then mm-hmm. I I started thinking. I do actually know somebody who's not a big reader and loved this book. Okay. I wouldn't call him a non-reader, but I'd call him maybe an infrequent reader. And this was a a big hit. And I love this book, too. This one made my short list. I didn't put it on the top five because it has a lot of uh, a lot of sailing terms. And and it's very detailed on that. You can tell this guy knew what he was talking about. But that might be a bit of a turnoff to someone uh, who has no familiar, familiarity whatsoever with the sailing ship world. Uh, and then again, it, it like in the second the second half of the book feels very different, or even seven, uh, last quarter of the book maybe. Yeah. Very different from the rest. But that being said, it is. It's a very interesting read and and thrilling at parts too. Agreed. It's my favorite Dan Simmons. I think I still like Hyperion best, but I, it's definitely right up there. Uh, Hyperion's pretty high. Hyperion on my list too. Yeah, Hyperion just brings a smile to my face. Yeah, I thought yeah. about that one, but I, uh, not quite. Not quite for this list. And I think the part of the issue with something like Hyperion is you really have to understand to get the most out of it. You have to understand some of the references. Sure. So you've got like Canterbury Tales, Soren Kierkegaard. Um, it's better for the well-read person. 
Right. And how each he kind of tackles a different genre in each each of the stories. Yes. Right. Yep, I agree. Um yeah, and I agree with you, Melissa. And that's why it wasn't solid on my list. Uh this isn't from uh worst to best. I ca- I put my list in order of uh most introductory to uh to most challenging. So but agree. All right. So on to number ones. I can't wait to hear your number one if you've got one more challenging than that. <laughs> That'll be a wild guy. Number one for me, everybody. What's your wild well, guy? Well, I've said that I love <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Ben mentioned Stardust, which is what I was thinking about for this spot. But instead, I chose my fa- favorite Neil Gaiman book, Ocean, at the end of the lane. Oh, wow. You brought up some reasons why maybe that wasn't a good choice earlier. I would say... The reasons I put on the list were for some of the things you said. It's shorter, so that's good. Yeah, uh, I think it has a heartwarming story. Well, I didn't cite shorter as a reason why to not put it on the list. I think you did mention it was shorter, though. Yeah, but not as a negative for this list. I think you're being a little bit negative. Uh, and yeah, heartwarming. Uh, I think everybody can relate to the feelings that are expressed in this story, and a little uh, little fantasy element if you like uh, uh, a story that's not exactly straightforward. I agree. With the real world. So, yeah, I like it. The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. It's a winner. I liked it. Melissa read it to me this year for the first time. It's uh, I had a Neil Gaiman runner up. Uh, I, I don't Ocean at the End of the Lane for me is kind of it's a three star book or three and a half. It's well written. It's fine. It just doesn't Sci-fi grab me. Christian podcast takes strong exception to that. <laughs> But I like my favorite Neil Gaiman is Neverwhere. Yeah, Neverwhere is pretty great. It's pretty good. Are you guys going to check out the uh, uh, it's all over the front page of Audible? The Yeah, I've already listened to it. It's fantastic. Really? It's fantastic. I loved it. OK, it's the it's um, Sandman. Sandman. His yes. uh, graphic novels is kind of where you got to start. Is a Sandman fan. I am a Sandman fan. <laughs> I've read, I think, about half of it, and I liked it. I just wasn't sure how that would translate from a a, a graphic novel to an audiobook. I never even considered such a thing. Yeah, I, I was right there with you, uh, but it's stunning how well it works. Hmm. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out. I've only read the first two volumes of the graphic novels, and Ben said, just go ahead and skip to the audiobook. Yeah, and then that, you too can be a Sandman fan. Sandman fan. <laughs> All right, Melissa, what do you got for number two? All right, my number two uh, is... Wait, number one. I'm one. sorry, my number, number one, yeah, one. is by Ray Bradbury. I have yet to meet, to read a Ray Bradbury that I do not like. Uh, but I think this one is the most accessible, and it's a crossover with you and I think, Brian, The Martian Chronicles. So clearly, if everybody takes away nothing else... <laughs> this is a good gateway book. And I agree. It's not on my list, but uh, if I had been forced to very quickly make six <laughs> through ten, as I thought I was going to, it may too have made mine. Awesome. Good. Yeah. Great. We all love it. Ben, number one. Number one for me is, and Matt's going to scoff at this, but I ha- I'm going to back it up with a story. I love scoffing, so I'm ready. It's The Old Man in the Sea from uh, Ernest Hemingway. I get it. I just didn't like it, but you can like so, it. So No, it's not about... But see, these aren't books that we like, though I do love it. 
I hope you these like are, these books. I do, but this is books specifically for somebody who's a non-reader. But why would you recommend the book you don't like? Well, can you listen to my story? <laughs> I'm scoffing right now. <laughs> so uh, the reason why I know I can prove that this one is actually good for non-readers. So my father-in-law, not a good person and not a good reader and not a smart man. <laughs> but he loved this book. Oh, has, has he passed? <laughs> no, oh. but he's passed from our lives, you might say. Okay. So oh, man, good, I'm sorry. No. But he's, uh, he's, he like loves this book. And so he, to me, like when I think of who is a non-reader, I can't get more of a non-reader than this person. And for whatever reason, Old Man in the Sea connected with him. And I think that Hemingway does that for a lot of people. It's the simple sentences, the simple structure, especially for men. There's a very strong masculine undercurrent that comes through his stuff. And I think there's something about it in that simple profundity uh, that really connects with people in a way that maybe other books don't. So Ernest Hemingway's Old Man in the Sea. If my father-in-law can read it, so can you. (laughs) That's a great... (laughs) endorsement well brian we've come to the end of the list you are the last of us oh you should have gone last because then you could have said the book at the end of the podcast at the end of the lane (laughs) right can you edit that brian number one i I can but i won't that would be work yeah i think you guys will understand (laughs) well you only have three kids what what are you doing with the rest of your time (laughs) Uh, so my number one, um, I wanted, also wanted to put a classic, um, and I did figure, I, so the terror was a late addition to the list, and at first I was thinking this would be my one that would be um, kind of challenging and longer, and um, and and try and get some, uh, if I could make everybody read something um, that they normally wouldn't, uh, and that, that hopefully they would appreciate uh, so I came up with um, Don Quixote as my as my number one. Um, so it is long. Um, so that's definitely a detraction. And there's parts, very yeah, very long. There's parts that aren't as interesting as others. Um, so I could definitely see somebody starting this and quitting it. But um, but it takes a lot of boxes that I want to cover in here. So. Um, yeah, it's a classic. Um, it's uh, it was written in Spanish, so you've got um, it's translated. So that's another thing that you're always kind of aware of as you're reading it. Um, I think it is pretty accessible for being a four hundred, five hundred year old book. Um, it's still pretty funny. There's still some really funny parts. Uh, you still you still feel um, I think connected to the characters. And, um, I think it's, it's impressive that, um, a comedy from so long ago for as much as, um, I don't think comedy necessarily translate well across cultures. Um, it's pretty impressive how universal, um, Don Quixote is. So what are you guys thoughts on this one? Man, I want to agree on some of the things really strongly and disagree at one point. Okay. Super accessible. I was shocked by how much I enjoyed it when I read it just a few years back. Um, I don't know if it's the best one. To, I don't know if I would want to give this gigantic book to somebody who's just starting out. Because yeah. even... Uh, how, how can a book this long be considered super accessible? I, I guess what I, when I said accessible, I guess I should have meant 
the humor. Yes, I, I agree about the humor. Yes. You're able to enter that world without a lot of trouble, even though it's very old. However, accessible in length, maybe not. That's my only. So it's accessible in some ways and not in others, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I did love it. So this is definitely five stars. I just can't imagine giving it to somebody and saying, you don't like to read? Take this. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking of it as more. I'm giving them the other four first and they're they're uh, slightly they're along the way now. And so I, was, I kind of think of them as a package deal. I agree. Okay. The length is definitely uh, it's really hard to give someone a thousand page book um, of any sort. Um, but I, I also didn't have um, I also didn't have a classic that I thought was more. Um, uh I don't, I don't know. I didn't have a classic I thought would, would work better on this list. Uh, no for Iliad, no for Odyssey, no for um, Crime and Punishment that I'm reading right now. Those are some of the ones I thought about, but yeah. I don't want to be a downer on your choice because I do yeah, yeah, love, yeah. The, I love the book. You know, I am, I am kind of disappointed in all of you, though. Not one of you chose the Bible. And... <laughs> the Bible's not accessible. Wow. <laughs> can't believe you said that thanks sorry jesus especially if you start going in order you hit leviticus and it's game over man depends on which bible version that you get if you got something like the message it might be too accessible that that doesn't count as the bible (laughs) uh melissa do you agree or disagree on don quixote Oh, I don't think you should be giving handing out classics to someone who's just starting to read. Um, well, now let's give them candy before you look. When this you're is, trying to persuade a... someone to eat, uh, you don't give them something you know that's good for them. You give them some candy, you know, get them to start liking to eat, and then from there on, then you give them some of the the meat and vegetables and so forth. No, <laughs> no, you don't. You don't give kid, kid, you don't give kids candy. I was trying to picture what type of person would just be like, not a fan of eating. <laughs> well, and, uh, what is it? Bulimic people or um, well, they, well, or they love people? to eat. They just no, puke it up after. No, what's the other people that that and they think they, they're too uh, too fat? Yeah, anorexic. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. I don't think that anorexic people don't like eating. I think that they they think they're fat. No, some people, uh, some anorexic people, and I have uh, read testimonials that they actually do hate to eat because they feel somebody who's not a fan, not a fan of eating. Do you give candy to anorexics? No, like is that a thing? Can't handle that. You know what? It made sense in my mind, and I've got to go now because it's six thirty. Before you leave, Melissa, let me just say this. As we've been here tonight, I have my Audible wish list open. And I've uh, been adding some of the books. So I added some Agatha Christie. But guess what I deleted? I deleted all the rest of the Wheel of Time books. And I just want to say thank you, Melissa. You're a jerk. Thank you, because I'm jumping off of that. And uh, you're getting on the train with Ben to talk about Wheel of Time. We're not called a train. Oh, man. The Wheel of, the Wheel of Train. You're missing, train. you're missing out on some great stuff, Matt. It's really starting to take off with some characters. Agree. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll join you for the conversation. 
but I will not be reading these books anymore. So thank you. And thank you for being here with us tonight on this countdown. Thank you for being here with us on this countdown. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, was a lot of fun. Great talking right. about the boxcar children with you guys. Yeah, anytime you want to start a boxcar children side I'm podcast. Do you think we should talk? I mean, have no. you? I can go back and see which one's ever right. Hey, what, do you want to have me on for top five, top ten boxcar children? Yeah, I would have I to be go. off memory because we'll I'm not going to reread them. Bye. Bye. All right, Melissa's gone, but Brian's still here. Brian, wow. We did it. We, we, we did, did the it. whole episode in just about an hour. Yeah, look at us go. I know. Top five is definitely the way to go with, with four people. I agree. All right. Well, what, do you, what, what else do you guys have tonight? <laughs> I, have some, I have some runners up. Oh, yeah. Let's do those. Um, <laughs> I, I also talked about Sherlock Holmes, which we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Slaughterhouse Five that got moved. Uh, the Giver is a book I really enjoyed it in middle school. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if an adult reading it for the first time would like it as much as I liked it in eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read it for the first time a few years ago, and I did not like it as much as you did in eighth grade. All right, Jeremy uh, Thatcher, Dragon Hatcher. Yeah, I didn't put that on the list. <laughs> That's okay. The biggest piece of crap I've ever read. Uh, even though uh, a lot of people don't, a lot of people in Christian circles don't like the His Dark Materials series because it's uh, anti-god i enjoyed mm-hmm. the, the golden compass yeah. and the books after that and yeah. enjoyed the anti-god stuff a little bit <laughs> uh, let's see i think that might bring an end to my recommendations did you have any renders up ben no remember i was only at four books yeah. when the episode started yeah when we thought we had to do 10 i was like oh i, I so have I, enough i guess i'd up. say the martian chronicles okay i'm yeah. a fan good so did you have any runners up ryan yeah, I thought about I had mere Christianity on my list for a while. Oh, yeah. But um, that's uh, that's not really to get somebody interested in reading. It's just a sort of a good solid nonfiction uh, right. book for somebody. Um, what do you think about table letters? Do you think that'd be a good one? Maybe. Um, I guess for a Christian, I don't know if I would give that to someone who's not a Christian. Now you've got me thinking about Ted Decker. Did you? Uh, what about the, the Circle trilogy? I haven't Did read Ted Decker. <laughs> I thought you had. Uh, I, nobody no. likes Ted Decker. I, I, I think people stopped reading <laughs> Ted Decker around 2003. So, well, funny you say that because I read Ted Decker a lot until about, let's say, 2007 or 8, and then maybe 2010, but then I, I cut out. And so I haven't kept up in his most recent stuff, but there was this trilogy from. The early 2000s, I really liked, called the Circle Trilogy. Yeah, we, we've heard of it, and then he wrote a fourth one. You shared this this story so many times on the podcast. I'm sorry. That's I, been I'm on their podcast now. <laughs> I just want to mention it. I, th- I thought about uh, Stories of Your Life and Others. Uh, Ted Chang, as a, for a short, an actual short story collection. Um, and I thought about Freakonomics as a nonfiction. Um, Lord of Light, I'm in the middle of right now, and that's really good. Lord of Light. Uh, hmm, that's a good one. Ben, you, you like Lord of Light. Would you say it's a good one for... I don't, I don't think it's accessible. You know, it really messed me up, though, because of the very first chapter. I, I don't know if we should go into any detail. I've never been able to talk to you about Lord of Light on the show, because you talked about it with uh, Seth. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you right. about it. I'll reread it. 
I th- are you reading it right now, Brian? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the middle of it. Uh, yeah, I guess less accessible, but it's not too bad. And it's short. And it's not a series. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I really like it, though. It's, it's I think it's uh, at least halfway through. Easily his best book. Uh, we have always lived in the castle from Shirley Jackson. Mm, too scary. That one's good. I'm gonna read that one to Melissa at some point. This scary. Year. That one's not scary. No, you're thinking of Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, Haunting of Hill House. Way too scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How should we wrap this thing up? Bye. No, he's got some oh. things he wants to oh. say. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was an open question. That's how I wrap up episodes. <laughs> uh, uh, there's not a whole lot. Extra, you can just tell people, go to the website, uh, tto.coser.us slash 132, leave a comment, or email us tto at coser.us, or email Matt and Ben, whatever your email feedback. address is. Feedback at thesafachristian.com, or go to the website, thesafachristian.com. Voicemail. You do, I see you gave the Bible five stars <laughs> on Goodreads today. So. Yes, <laughs> see, I do read it. Voicemail, do you guys do voicemail still? Yeah, 612-4121-SFC. Does it still work? It does. 612-2141. Wait, 612-2141-SFC. Easy. No, uh, no one called No, me. No, it's 4121, I think. Is it 4121? Oh, boy. 612-4121. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 612-4121-SFC. <laughs> yeah, that sounded right. Yeah, I uh, I have not I've not done any SFC blue ep- updates. Don't talk about it. In Maybe. months. I, was, I don't like to bother you about it. We it was, know. It was going amazing at the uh, beginning of quarantine. It's like, this is great. I've got extra time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just listening to one a day and updating a couple a day. And then, uh, well, I got really busy with work. And then uh, I got busy with more work. And now I'm trying to finish my reading goal. So I think it's going to be more of a next year. Whoa. A lot of, of our thing. goals that go that way, so don't worry about yeah. it. Wow. I do want you to worry about it. But but I'm already planning for next year. I'm going to do one a day. So I'm going to get 365 out next year. Oh my goodness. That will be fun. That's, that's I, the plan. I, see, I uh, just loaded up your most recent one. It was a skip, so thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a shockingly large number of well, them he has marked as It's the news. The news episodes aren't very... Our news, we're funny yeah. with the news. Yeah, so it's true. I thought about having another category because it's cause it's not that you shouldn't. I'm not trying to disparage the news episodes. They're all good. It's just nobody's going to go back and listen yeah, to a news episode from five years ago. Some material is on the news. You know what I, well, I that's like what SFC news. Blue is for, so they can just hear the, the three or four really great yeah. parts. Well, that's fair. I do like how on the news episodes, that's where you get our best prophecies, though. Yes, for sure. Yeah, no, I I enjoy listening to them. I don't think people should go back and listen to them. So I have thought <laughs> yeah. about having like a skip slash news or something, and then it'll show up differently. But don't worry, it's fine. It'll just look Everybody bad. Go, That's all right. If you don't know what we're talking about, listeners, go to sfc.blue, where Brian has created my favorite website, where every single episode of the Sci-Fi Christian is being analyzed. Uh, however, we are currently on episode 837, and Brian's up to episode 263. So a little behind. I will. I'll give you a. I'll give you a tidbit. I'll give you a, a preview of something. Uh, your recent episode about Ben being a psychic 
Yes. And, and Matt gave Matt, you gave Ben a hard time because you never heard those stories before. You've heard at least some of those stories before. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Okay, that's good. Can you just fill us in a little bit more? Like, what? When did he talk about it? Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Uh, let's see. I'm doing a search. It might not be on the website itself. Oh, oh, you know. oh. Uh. Man, I love how you can prove us wrong with our own words. <laughs> that's so great. I don't mind at all. I like that there's a historian for our podcast. Okay, so I see from Top 5 Dreams, which one of the best episodes. I'm not being facetious or sarcastic. One of your best episodes. Top 5 Dreams over here. Uh, Definitely one of your funniest. Uh, Matt gave his deja vu theory in that episode. Good. And... Conversation. That's kind of encouraging. It means we have our next 10 years of material <laughs> already done. But it doesn't look like Ben talked about being a psychic on that one. Okay. So it must be on an episode I haven't posted yet. So I'd have to go look through my notes. But you know, this is kind at of some sad, point. Actually. You've cataloged 266 episodes. 17 yeah. are essential. 90 you should listen to. 158. Skip that crap. Most of the... He's gone through all of season two. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, the they're not listening. Uh, all right. We're out of here, Brian. I'll, I'll you know. you want to listen to Kobe talk about G.I. Joe? <laughs> I'll let you know what we're talking about on the next episode, Brian. We are going to talk about the Netflix TV series called Dark. Have you watched this? Uh, no. What is this one? Man, it's an awesome time travel show that I just discovered two weeks ago and binged. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. So, I mean, you could watch it in two weeks if you don't. Like walk after your kids or talk to your wife. I mean, I'm very eager to hear how you got through this show in like three days. So watch that on the next episode of the Sci-Fi Christmas. Sounds good. All right, thanks for joining us tonight. All right, guys, thanks again. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit the music. You can stay here for that if you want. Well, Ben, are, are we still on your show, Brian, or are we off your show now? Uh, I think you took over his show. I edit less and less these days, so you're probably right, still on it. Let's say, let's say goodbye to 10 to 1. Goodbye, 10 to 1, everybody. Goodbye, 10 to 1. Uh, thanks for joining us on Brian's show and Melissa's <laughs> show. Uh, it was great to be here. Once again, we hope to be back uh, in the very near future. So long, folks. Goodbye.